Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Red Men TV. I'm very excited to say I've got James Pierce from the Athletic joining me today to wrap up Liverpool's transfer window. James, thank you very much for joining me. I know you've got a busy day on, so it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. No worries, good to speak to Chris. So, uh, let's get straight into it. What did you make of Liverpool's transfer business this window? Yeah, I thought it was a very, very decent window for the club. I think um, probably for a long time, like a lot of supporters, we probably wondered whether key areas would be addressed. And um, I think we were probably all waiting for that kind of real show of ambition. And you know, although the early signing of Simicus in the window certainly ticked the box. I think everyone would have acknowledged that Liverpool needed cover at left-back. It was it was never going to be one of those deals that, that, that really set the pulses racing. But, um, yeah, I think in the space of that 48 hours in the middle of September to get the Thiago deal done and then and then bring in Jota, um, two, two really exciting signings that, that will enhance the, the squad and, and Liverpool's chances of winning trophies this season. So, um, you know, of course... You had the, the painful, uh, you know, setback of, of what happened at Villa Park, and you know, people, you know, quite rightly say, well, should Liverpool have signed a centre half? Personally, I think probably yes. I think they are probably a, yeah, a centre half short. And then, you know, you've obviously got the, the, the discussion around the, um, the reserve goalkeeper that was, has been brought into focus because of events at Villa Park. But overall, I'd say it was a, a very successful window for Liverpool. What did you? Uh, are you surprised that Liverpool kind of broke the mould for the Thiago signing, James? Um, probably yes and no. In terms of yes, in terms of because it was just so out of keeping with the way that Liverpool have done their business to get to this point. You know, it's you know, I, I think I remember checking back and writing it in one of my pieces that I think I think the only player over the age of twenty six that Klopp had paid money for was was Ragnar Klavan and. Clearly, that was you know a, a kind of a stopgap signing to, to to fill a gap in the squad. So, um, but I think I think that the longer it went on, the more you thought, well, hang on a minute, Thiago is clearly absolutely desperate to come to Liverpool. He really wants to work with Jurgen Klopp, and he was worth making an exception for. I think that was the big thing that ultimately, that, you know, all of the hierarchy at Liverpool were in agreement that with yes, we don't usually spend this kind of money or pay this kind of wages and give a four-year contract to someone who's 29 but you know you know very rarely do you get an opportunity like this to sign someone who is you know, probably in the top three or four in his position in, in world football so um 
so yeah, it was um, you know a deal that ultimately I was delighted that they got over the line, and I think um, I think it just gives us you know another another kind of dimension to this Liverpool team. Yeah, I noticed uh, in one of your articles, actually on The Athletic, um, you used a quote from Pep Linders, which I thought was really interesting. And he says he will make sure the team evolves and make the next step. It is important for the team to stay unpredictable. Now, I'm not saying that Aston Villa is Liverpool being unpredictable here, James. Um, but what do you actually think that the Thiago... How do you think the Thiago signing will make us unpredictable? Yeah, I think I think what Pep Linders was referring to was... You know, I, I think when when people think of Liverpool and the damage they did so many teams en route to winning the title, certainly attacking wise, you, you think of the front three and you think of the the quality deliveries and ammunition provided from from Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold from from wide areas. And I think if you were being ultra critical, you'd, you'd say, did, you know, did Liverpool really hurt teams that often through? through the centre of the pitch with with those defence splitting passes. You know, if you look at the goals and assists from from that central trio that Klopp tends to operate with in his favoured 4-3-3. Um, so I think I think that was what he meant was that suddenly I think when you've got someone like Thiago with that, you know, I think we saw in the space of 45 minutes at Stamford Bridge, you know, just what an unbelievable passer of the ball he is and you know always looking to make things happen and pick holes in defences. Um, you know, of course, he's had the setback of, of, of testing positive for COVID, and he's going to need a bit of time, I'm sure, to to fully adjust to the style. But um, but yeah, I think over the course of this season, I think I think Pep Linders is right. I think it, it will give Liverpool, you know, uh, you know, just you know, a real elite another avenue in which they can hurt teams. And let's move on to Diogo Jota. Obviously, a player who's come in now. He's had a good start to his Liverpool career. Scored last week against Arsenal. Obviously, um, what is it you think that Liverpool saw in Diogo Jota that made them go out and spend a huge amount of money? You know, it's more expensive than any of the other front three players. Yeah, well, I think you know, in 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 the way that Thiago was clearly a break from the policy. I think you'd say Jota was was well and truly in keeping with the way that. That Liverpool have tended to do business in terms of, you know, he he's, he's performed at the top level. You know, he's, he he knows the Premier League inside out. But I think Liverpool also feel that there is huge room there for development. And and I, and I think you know, it it does remind me in a way to, to the Sadio Mane deal in terms of I remember, you know, doing stuff that day, writing stuff on the day that Liverpool signed Sadio Mane, and the number of people replying saying, you know, that's a crazy amount of money for someone like him. You know, he's He's not consistent enough. You know what? You know there weren't too many other big clubs sniffing around Sadio Mane, and I think, I think they see similar qualities in Jota in terms of, you know, clearly Pep Linders um, pushed pretty hard for him to to be the one that they ultimately went after and, and got signed because he knew him well from, from his early days in in Portuguese football. Um, Klopp had admired him a lot in the games against Wolves last season. I think his work ethic and his it's kind of tactical intelligence as well. And, and also, I think Klopp loves versatile players and the fact that he can play across the front line. So, um, so yeah, I, I, it, you're right. I think it is a lot of money. But I think the other, the other thing to factor in was the, the, the structure of the deal where, where Wolves were prepared to only take about four, four and a half million pounds in uh, 12 months, which for Liverpool with the current cash flow issues with coronavirus, was absolutely crucial, uh, and that was certainly one of the reasons why they ultimately 
you know, went away from Ishmael Assar to um, to Jota because they just felt that Watford's demands for Saar, which were you know forty million pounds guaranteed, rising to fifty million, were, were just too excessive. And let's let's talk about Liverpool then in, in general because I don't know whether a lot of people have have spoken about this, James. To be honest, but Liverpool have said all summer long. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, hear me. That you know it's a sell to buy. Uh, and that's what it was going to be. Do you think Liverpool were overstating it, or do you think Liverpool have made a little bit of a mistake towards the back end of the window in not actually being able to get rid of the players that they probably already thought they'd be able to get rid of for money and recoup some of that money that they've spent on the likes of Thiago and Jota? Now, don't get me wrong, I understand the structure of the deal works in Liverpool's favour for both Thiago and Jota, but it looks to me like Liverpool really wanted to maybe get rid of a Shaqiri and a Grewich for the money that was right, and that they were kind of maybe reliant on that coming in? Um, I think it's certainly fair to say Liverpool expected a couple more players to go before the deadline than actually did, but I think you know, my, my understanding is that they weren't reliant on on selling players, that those those two deals, the structure of the deals for Thiago and for Jota, meant that they were under no pressure to sell. And I think we saw that from the way that they they didn't buckle and suddenly reduce their demands in the 48 hours before the window shut, because um, you know they they stuck to their guns. You know, they said you know, Shakiri valued at 20 million, not available for loan. Brewich, I think, you know, they would have taken 17, 18 million off Verde Bremen. Um, if Werder Bremen had been, been, you know, had accepted those terms, they they wouldn't. Um, and the same with Harry Wilson and Burnley. You know, they, they turned down I think 12 million potentially rising to 15 for Wilson. Um, so you know, if, if Liverpool were that desperate for the money, they would have they would have caved in and and offloaded those players. You know, and, or even taken kind of loan fees and, and and just said goodbye to them for a season. But you know, the, the word all the way along was that Liverpool had these stringent valuations and if they weren't going to be met, then in a season like this, where we've seen already, you know, Liverpool have lost three players to, to COVID in the last in the last week, um, Klopp is kind of breaking with tradition a little bit and with wanting to operate with a bigger squad than he usually does um, because he, he knows there are so many obstacles to clear, um, you know, especially with COVID and the fact that the schedule is going to be so intense. And what about um, Bruce? Obviously, goes out for a huge sum of money uh, to Sheffield United for a lad who hasn't played a lot of minutes for us. Um, do you think Liverpool wanted to get rid of Brewster, or do you think that was had it been a different season in a different world, Liverpool maybe would have held on for a bit longer? Or do you just think it was a case of he maybe doesn't fit the system and he, he can go on and flourish and have a good career somewhere else? Yeah, I think there was a whole load of factors. I think um, certainly the, the financial climate. I think played a part. I think um, that was, you know, it was, it was a huge sum of money, you know, in my book for, for someone who's got a lot of potential, but has never played a minute of Premier League football yet. Um, you know, and I, I really hope Rian Brewster goes on to absolutely flourish in the top flight, but um, it, I think that money was, was, was very, very tempting. I think the, probably the biggest factor was Rian Brewster's desire to move on himself. I think, mm. um, you know, clearly he, came, he left Chelsea to come to Liverpool because he was, he was desperate to have a pathway. He then very nearly left Liverpool before he signed his first professional contract to go to the Bundesliga because, again, you know, he, he wanted to play. And I think he's looked at it and thought, well, hang on a minute, with Firmino, with Minamino, with Origi still around, with you know Jota coming in, where exactly do I fit? And I think you know, I think it was telling as well what Klopp said in pre-season about he said, you know, he, no one ever questions Rian Brewster's finishing quality. 
it's probably those other sides of his game that need to evolve for him to really fit what we look for in a centre forward. And um, you know, and that's no slight on him. He's a young player who still is still learning his trade. And I think Klopp would have happily kept him around and helped iron out those those rough edges. But he also understood that you know, having lost what was it, 14, 15 months of his career to to an injury um, in his in his kind of teenage years, and then had a real taste of senior football out at Swansea, that he was just absolutely desperate to play and to make a name for himself and to cut down some roots and. Um, so I think all parties in the end just thought, you know what, this is probably this is probably the best, um, probably the best for all concerned. The fact that um, you know, Rian Brewster gets his his regular spot in the Premier League, but Liverpool, you know, get a lot of money for him, and they also have the added security of knowing that um, you know if he does light the place up um, over the next three years, they've got that buyback clause that they can trigger if they uh, if they want to bring him back to Anfield. Check and that'll happen. I think it's difficult to say because you know Liverpool haven't confirmed what the what exactly what those numbers are. I mean, I think probably common sense tells you it's around that thirty-five to forty million pound mark because it's you know it's got to be a significant increase on what Sheffield United paid just to kind of make it kind of worth their while buying them in, in the first place. And but it's obviously not going to be a, a, a crazy amount of money because otherwise. Liverpool, you know, the, the, the buyback option wouldn't be of much much value to them. So um, I think, you know, the, the, the other important thing to factor in is not only do Liverpool want, have to want to bring him back at that fee, but Brewster will actually have to want to come back himself because, um, you know, it, it may well be that he, you know, puts down some roots at Sheffield United, becomes their first choice, number nine, banging them in. Um, and, you know, and, and still doesn't see that happening if he was to come back to Liverpool. So, um, but it's going to be really interesting to watch his watch his progress. I, I certainly think you know, Liverpool have put these buyback clauses into deals in the past. I think you think of probably Jordan Ive and and uh, Brad Smith. Um, you know, I, I don't think we probably ever thought that they were ever going to be triggered. I think I think this one with Rian Brewster is probably a, a bit more realistic. James, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm going to let you go now because I know you've got a busy day and then I'm sure you're going to want to breathe uh, during the international break because if you've had a, a, a few weeks like we've had, it's been a very difficult one. But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again. Uh, thank you so much. No worries. Listen, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to drop a like on the video, subscribe to Redmen TV and check out James over on The Athletic, some of the best football writing in the world. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.